Good evening, everyone. Hello. I'd like to uh, change the change the seating arrangement for better effect. Can't hear me. I can turn this up. Hello. Hello. That better. So yeah, good. Hello. I, I would like to change the seating arrangements in order to have a better effect. I have a lot of experience in this, so you have to trust me. Um, what I would like to do is have everybody move much, 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 much closer. And then if you have the chair, you just move the chair. If you need a chair, move the chair closer. That's right. Well, that's a little better. What about all of you in the back? You can't move the chairs? Come. I have to say because I was too loud. Because? I would be, I would be too loud if I can go so I have to say. Okay. And so some daughter was there listening to you there. I don't have radio. I see. Okay. 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 So... Those of you who have moved closer than you, than you speak English, right? Yeah, yeah, good. Come, come. Oh, it's a little better. <laughs> so you remember this drill for tomorrow. <laughs> Very close is, is better. I can feel you a little bit more then. <clears throat> so I'm happy to be here with all of you, and um, I don't think that everyone who is planning on attending has arrived. There are some notable absentees who are on their way. And... Um, those of you who are here have some, in some cases, journeyed a long distance, and um, I have journeyed a long distance as well, arriving yesterday in the evening. And um, so I, I want to don't want to speak too long, and I don't want to begin the, the formal discussion that I would like to conduct while we are here, but rather to speak a little more informally at, uh, this evening and a little more briefly. I uh, plan to discuss the Bhagavad Gita, the tenth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita in particular, and Bhaktiya uh, by Ashram is here as well, by your kind invitation, and some of the days he will speak, and I believe he's going to also speak on the Bhagavad Gita in in, in general, or other than on chapter 10. So, that's an important book, Bhagavad Gita. We'll try to... Um, draw something from it that would be helpful for us spiritually and materially as well. This seems like a nice facility. Last year was a little noisier for some of you that were there. You remember that. So we're very unto ourselves here in the natural environment and it's very peaceful. So I hope everyone will take advantage of the setting, and um, I appreciate all those who have participated, and from what I understand, a lot of you have in making this all possible, quite a group effort this year, and uh, that's always nice. I've been coming to Poland for a number of years, and prior to that, 
I was coming to Finland and many devotees from Poland were coming to see me. I guess so many that we decided to have the retreats in Poland. So I have developed a little affinity for this old world um, setting. I'd been a little sick, as some of you heard, and I had an accident not, not long ago as well. So, a little limited. Physically, I had a nice invitation to go swimming today from Brigu, but I wasn't able to take advantage of it. But we are near a beautiful lake, and it does look like a refreshing idea. So... Again, I'm happy to be here with all of you, and uh, Poland has been very kind to me, so I wish I could spend more time with you, but uh, I see that the time that I am able to spend, personally, is uh, seems to be well spent in that um, so many devotees keep coming back, some of them joining our mission, some of them coming and visiting our projects in the Americas also, in Audaria and Saragrahi and at Madhuban, which I invite all of you to come and uh, participate in um, and uh, to uh, associate with me in a different uh, setting. Hmm? Some of you have done that. Where is Gaur Shakti? He was here and now he's not here. Hmm? Working. Working. Working by Skype. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so he's been to Audarya and Rasana and Karnam. He's been to Madhuvan and who else? Uh, Harlila has been to Madhuvan. Yes, when are you coming back? <laughs> so, Mayapur is one of the one of the pioneering members of Madhuvan. <laughs> And one of the better um, soccer players, um, <laughs> uh, so in Guanacaste, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> so his his uh, involvement there is fondly, fondly remembered, and we always hope that to have a return visit from him there, and also at uh, at Audaria, where he spent some some time in his formative years of uh, Krishna consciousness under my guidance. So I would, uh, with that brief introduction, I would like to entertain any questions tonight about anything. Are there any questions? Oh, well, me, what, I have never met you before, I don't think. What is your good name? Vidya Sundar. Vidya Sundar Das. Very nice of you to come. Thank you. And? Up from Katowice. Katowice, Poland. What is your name? Marek Gandarbadas. Gandarbadas. Very nice of you to come. Anybody else? Uh, and we met before? No. No, Apanamki. Okay. And you're living in Poland? <laughs> You don't look Polish. <laughs> hmm? Oh, from Canada. Okay. Very. Okay. Very nice. Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj. Kijai. So, questions? Yes, Prigo. We've been reading with Saragravi the Adi Lila. And, uh, and right at the end of the 17th chapter, when, when Krishna Das is recapitulating the Adilila, he's saying that uh, uh, out of the 17 chapters, the first 12 are an introduction, and then in five chapters he goes through five rasas. Uh, and we didn't quite understand that verse, and there's no purpose to it either. What does he mean by going through five rasas in the last five chapters? In the last five chapters of Adi Lila? Yes. 
Well, I don't remember that verse, to be honest with you, and it's an interesting one, as you point out, the first um, seven chapters are important in themselves, and as some of you know, I've written a commentary on the seed verses that are 14 in number and are explained at length over the first seven chapters, the Mongol verses or the auspicious um, uh, verses of invocation. Um, those verses end with and begin with, in a sense, a, a glorification of the, uh, the Panchatattva, the five features of divinity that we um, uh, find within the descent of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And um, and the seventh chapter also then leads into a, a description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Vedanta, briefly, for good reasons. Um, he gives a very good... Uh, foundational understanding of the philosophy through the explanation of his Mongol verses and then he turns as I say through the narrative in that seventh chapter to explain a little bit of Mahabharata's Vedanta in contrast to the to the popular idea of, of Advaita Vedanta hmm? by way of entering into the narrative of Chaitanya Mahabharata's um, passing through Banaras. Hmm? That Leela is again taken up in later in the, maybe towards the very end of the Madhya Leela. Hmm? So that Leela is twice mentioned. I think it's placed where it is in the, in the seventh chapter because, again, after laying out the basis of the philosophy very, very comprehensively as he does, um, he makes the important point of contrasting it with Dvaita Vedanta without which passing through, so to speak, or seeing through, or uh, not being um, influenced by one cannot really become a devotee. This is why Prabhupada um, took uh, every opportunity and even created opportunities in his uh, commentary to rail, if you will, against uh, the... uh, Mayavad, to use his, his English term, impersonalism. It is a real feature of his writing, and of course he, he is self-described as Nirvisesha Sunyavadi, Paschatadesatarane, Gauravani, Pracharane. So it was a particular emphasis of his, very kind of a mudva uh, side of, uh, of Gaudiya Vedanta to, uh, to, so with such vigor, um, speak um, <coughs> about the um, the shortcomings and even the falsity, really, of, of Advaita Vedanta. I'm trying to get to your question, but I'm just reviewing the thoughts there that precede the verse that you mention. It's interesting to note that in the Bhakti Sandarbha of Shri Goswami, he makes the point that he has written the Bhakti, excuse me, the Bhagavat Sandarbha. He's written the Bhagavat Sandarbha, which is an essay on Bhagawan, and it's followed by the Paramatma Sandarbha, an essay on another feature of the Absolute, the partial feature. Hmm? Um, whereas the verses that both of those Sandarbhas are based, the verse, the verse, I should say, that both of those Sandarbhas is based upon mentions three features of the Absolute, not just Bhagawan and Paramatma, but Bhagawan. Paramatma and Brahman. And Brahman, of course, is the preoccupation of the uh, Advaitins, and they have a certain notion of Brahman hmm? that uh, is as imaginary as is their notion of the Jiva, Bhagawan, and the world. Hmm? While the Advaitins will admit that, will, 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 will posit that the world is imaginary. The jiva's individuality is imaginary. Bhagawan or Ishwar is really imaginary. Um, 
and only Brahman is real, we agree with them, uh, three quarters of that, and in the fourth quarter we say that their idea of Brahman is also imaginary. <laughs> so <laughs> it is really a, a kind of a good word, a good term, maya vad. So it is a vad or a, 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 a philosophy of, of illusion through and through. And Jiva Goswami makes this point in the beginning of the Bhagavad Sandarbha where he says that there's there's no really need to write a Brahman Sandarbha. Hmm? So, Vadanti tat tatvidas tatvajyajnana madvayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabdita. You may be familiar with this verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. It's a very, very famous verse and a very, very um, central verse to the whole philosophy of the whole tattva of, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Again, the whole uh, Bhagavad and Paramatma Sandarbhas are based on this. It's, uh, it's, it's combined with another verse, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam by, by, by Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami in his own verse, the own Mongol verse that is the Vastu Nirdesh Shloka of his book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, or the shloka that, in essence, speaks about, in a coded way, the philosophical truth, in essence, of his whole uh, tome, his whole text. Hmm? So, again, it's an important verse, but there's no Brahman Sandarbha. What can you say about it, anyway? Hmm? It is... Uh, <laughs> It is indeterminate, um, and uh, so it defies uh, description. Nonetheless, in the first ten or a dozen of his sections of the Bhagavad Sandarbha, he does dismantle the uh, the imaginary or shed light on the imaginary nature of the notion of the uh, Advaitins as to what Brahman is constituted. He basically makes the point that uh, really understanding and experiencing Brahman is only complete with the experience of Parabrahman and the determinant Brahman, if you will, Brahman with qualities, leelas and so forth. It's very insightful. Um, And so, the point being here, that this this is apparently... A popular form of Vedanta in the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as it is even today. So somehow it's it um, it has some appeal. Hmm? Um, <coughs> but it's not very um, helpful for bhakti, hmm? and uh, very questionable in terms of its even being supportable by shastra and. Uh, the Goswamis very much um, sought to, brought, to bring this out. And Prabhupada, in, in, uh, in turn, in bringing the uh, teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to the rest of the world outside of India, very much uh, emphasized this point. There's no rasa without um, passing through that um, idea, retiring that idea. Nirvishayishunyavadi, hmm? so forth. So, after that, what? Then he then he um, explains a little bit about the book. Hmm? I believe in the eighth chapter, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and how it's written, how he came to be fortunate, to be blessed by Madan Mohanji and this, the Mahants there in, in Vrindavan, the saints, to uh, take up the task of writing Chaitanya Charitamrita. He begins then to uh, introduce all of the different... Uh, I want to say players in the drama of Gorlila, hmm? identified as they are uh, as figurative or branches on the figurative tree of Bhakti, the branch of Nityananda, the branch of Advaita, the branch of Gadadhar, the branch of Srivas, all of whom are representative of different um, tattvas the Jiva Tattva in its full optimized um, condition of, uh, of 
nature and nourishment, the position of the jiva in its full state of 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 nature and and nourish. Um, the antaranga shakti, swarup shakti, gadadhar, of course, the expansion, nityananda, the avatar principle, uh, Advaita and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. So these are all then described further in these chapters, as I'm saying, as branches of the tree of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when they have so many flowers and fruits on them that are the many devotees. So these are all players in the drama of Gorlila. And so the philosophy, the ground, if you will, the metaphorical uh, stage of the drama for the drama is introduced. Um, and both directly and indirectly, what it is and what it is not, and it's very much in terms of what it's not, contrasted with the Dvaita Vedanta, then then how the book is written, something about the, the author of the play, if you will, the drama of Chaitanya Charitamrita, how it came about. The players are introduced, and then maybe what, in chapter 13, the narrative begins. So from 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 would be the five chapters hmm, that he refers to, That the, at, after which he says that he has, in these five chapters, introduced the five rasas as well. Hmm? Correct? Yeah, except I don't know if he means the five or five. The five or five of them. Yeah, but I don't know. Well, there's only five mukhi rasas. And yeah, but, yeah. Seven secondary. Um, <coughs> yeah, that's a good question. And... Um, and uh, he, of course, his his narrative begins in the Adi Lila, and it, it um, up to the, what is up to the point of Mahaprabhu's taking sannyas, which begins in the in 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 the Madhya Lila. And I um, can only th- think about it a little bit um, as we talk, kind of here on the on on the fly. Um, but the uh, Without looking, having the opportunity to look at it further, but the one way that one thing that comes to my mind in relation to your question is the fact that the what is found in the first five chapters of the narrative of the Leela is a description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu largely in Navadweep, mm-hmm. and from there, then of course he leaves Navadweep, he goes to Puri, takes sannyas and goes to Puri and then he travels almost the length and breadth of India and, and comes back and retires in, um, in Puri. And so these later leelas of his sannyas are all leelas which are meant to bring us to Nadia, to, Nav- to Navadweep. Hmm? And... Um, they are, in a sense, occasional leelas instead of nitya leelas. What would be the word? Nimitta? Nimitta as opposed to ditya. Hmm? They're occasional in that they appear in the prakat leela, the manifest leela, and they also have some teaching purpose to them. And, and the teaching is such that if we understand it properly, it helps us to enter into the Nityalila of Nadia, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not a sannyasi. Hmm? Prabhupada once told me that uh, I had seen one of my godbrothers, a sannyasi, had Gornatai deities, and that he, he, he gave them dundas, platinum dundas, um, to hold on, dressed them with like as if they had shaved heads, and I had never seen that before. So I asked Prabhupada about that, and he said, "Oh, we don't like to think of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi, and that's why Nityananda Prabhu broke his danda." Hmm? So these are Prabhupada was speaking very deeply from the heart of a of a of a uh, <coughs> Dambasi, a resident of. Of Nityananda, of of of, of Navadweep, hmm? 
Sridhar Maharaj expressed something similar when he said to the idea of performing Rathayatra in Navadweep, that if you perform Rathayatra in Navadweep, then it will be, it could bring pain to the hearts of the inhabitants of Navadweep because it will remind them of the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being absent from, from Navadweep. Hmm? And they thought that if you want to have a Rath uh, festival carrying the god on the chariot and so forth, better to have one of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming back to Navadweep, which he, which he did on occasion, hmm? and celebrate that. And then the Dambasis will be very, very happy um, with that. This is, the, the, this is very interesting, and it's a little hard to, to pick up really, from a casual reading of Chaitanya Charitamrita, we will tend to become more attracted, I believe, to the sannyas pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the tattva there, the teaching, the rupa-siksha, sanatana-siksha, the teachings, the rupa-sanatana, the, the defeats, uh, 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 the conversions of Sarvabhoma, of Prakashananda Sarasati, uh, of Venkata Bhatta and his, his wife and so forth in the south, all these triumphs of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the, the, the opulence also, if you will, the majesty of his renunciation that frightened even elderly sannyasis and the ecstasy that was um, so awe-inspiring that, of course, all of which created some distance between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates. Uh, it's a point that's somewhat often missed by a, by a casual uh, reading or reading without good 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 uh, good guidance hmm? um, and this is of course now that I think about it a good part of the subject of the tenth chapter of the Gita that we'll be discussing this contrast between Aishvari or majesty and Madhurya or or sweetness how they go together and how they one complements the other and how of course sweetness is the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism or intimacy, Madhurya, sweetness uh, to, to associate with Krishna um, intimately and in this case with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? um, in where? In Navadvip not in Jagannath Puri not in South India, not even in Vrindavan hmm? but in, in, in Nadia there he is not a sannyasi he's the householder hmm? and um, there, of course, he's performing the kirtans nightly. Hmm? Uh, the Nadi Lila is very, very beautiful in terms of its manifestation in this world because it also includes other sweet things that the eternal Lila of Navadvip doesn't. Uh, very beautiful and very charming. And Vrindavan Das makes the point in a very compelling way also um, when, he, when, he, when he writes about the... the, the um, early pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu before he has become a Vaishnava, before he has shown himself as a devotee, arguing with his devotees, defeating them in argument, hmm, being a, a, a simultaneously an object of affection and love and extreme frustration and anger even. Hmm, that he, he's, not a, he, he's very nice, he's so attractive, but he's not a devotee. We're not supposed to like non-devotees. <laughs> We're not supposed to associate with, but we can't give up his association. But he's such, <laughs> he's such a character that the things that he says, like I will become a Vaishnav, and all the world will 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 worship me, and, and proud and, and, and all these non-devotee qualities that we are cautioned to avoid. They were very much fully present in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? but they could not give him up for a moment. They were attracted, affectionately drawn towards him. This, this contrast is very, very beautiful. And his schooling um, others along the banks of the Jamuna, when Krishna says, what can I do? Or Vrindavana says, what can, what can it be compared to? Hmm? It, could, it cannot be compared to the moon surrounded by stars because you know, the moon has spots on it. Hmm? It could not be compared to, to Brigu, the, the, the guru of the gods, enlightening the gods, because Brigu is partial to the gods, 
as opposed to the demons. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has no spots like the moon, and he's completely impartial. Um, he's speaking with real, genuine frustration as, as to the, the, the limits that any material examples, metaphors, drawn from the world to give us a picture and a semblance of experience of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was like, the, the limits of them, the frustration um, <coughs> that he's experiencing. But he, 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 he triumphs, if you will, in, in his effort by saying, finally, there's no, but there is one thing that he can be compared to, this setting can be compared to. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the banks of the Ganges, sitting with his friends and discussing philosophy. What does he compare it to? To Krishna sitting on the, on the banks of the Jamuna hmm? with his friends, not discussing philosophy, but, <laughs> but putting food in one another's mouths and, uh, and, and tasting the various uh, delights cooked earlier in the day by, by the gopis and the Shodamayi Rohini and so on and so forth. Hmm? A setting that made the big four-headed thinker and philosopher Brahma uh, take pause and uh, and 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 wonder about this setting that was so beyond his creation, if you will, the Brahma's creation. So a very apt, if you will, um, comparison to these pastimes before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu becomes a devotee. There are so many very charming. This is the extended then form of the Leela that's manifest as it's thought in, 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 in this world. Um, but in the Nityanabhadvip, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a devotee <coughs> all the time. He's a Vaishnava and he's Bhagavan and he's a Vaishnava and he's Bhagavan. He's a devotee and he's God. He's a devotee and he's God and, and so forth. But this Navadweep, the point is, is the ideal where he performs as the best of devotees the kirtan in the house of Shivas and I think we, we come to this uh, at least in my mind that therein all the five rasas could be found in Krishna Leela in the context of, of what I would look at as as, as dasya rasa in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu hmm? there are other rasas that we find in Navadweep, we find the motherly parental rasa in Sachi in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, we find, obviously, a, a strong element of Sakya, of friendship, um, but even the, even the Vatsalya and even the Sakya in Navadweep is tempered by some Dasya. Hmm? Even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mother hmm, does acknowledge more readily than Jashoda does, for example, in Vrindavan, the, uh, the extraordinary, the divinity, if you will, of her, of her, um, of her son. So, uh, and this is the idea of Bhakti Vinoda, through the Dasya Bhav for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then the, the, the opportunity for Vatsalya, Sakya, Madhurya in Krishna Leela is, uh, becomes possible. Indeed, uh, it's questionable from the Gaudiya perspective whether there is, there is any other way to attain such, that is to say, in the way that the Gaudiyas seek to attain it, in, this, in the center of the lotus of Golok in Gokul, hmm, that type of Madhurya that, that, that is best there, that type of Sakya, that type of Batsalya, Dasya, and so forth. So, there, anyway, uh, not that it's brought out in any great detail, I don't think, in the kirtan of, in the, in the, in the narrative of Krishnadas Kaviraj, but um, uh, there is some emphasis on the kirtan in the house of Srivastakur, and there, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did reveal to his associates um, who they were, if you will, in Krishna Leela, his friends, his uh, 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 female associates, and so on and so forth. 
Um, <laughs> but um, um, we, we we don't find uh, that Chaitanya Charitam speaks about these types of rasas with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu directly, hmm? which would be really becomes a problem when we come to Madhurya rasa. Hmm? So. So it holds true with the others as well, to an extent. Hmm? The problem, obviously, with Madhurya Rasa and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being the object of that type of love, which Krishna says um, in those chapters, he says, this is only for Brajendranandan Krishna. Hmm? Only Krishna, Brajendranandan Krishna. And he makes the point, only Brajendranandan Krishna as if to say, not Gore Krishna. Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Brajendranandan Krishna, but he's Gore Krishna at the same time, which means he's in a different mood. Hmm? He is seeking to be the Ashrayalambana, the shelter of Madhurya Rasa, the, the, experience, the uh, experience of Madhurya Rasa from the devotee's side, not to be the object of Madhurya Rasa, the Vishayalambana, as he is in Vrindavan. So to, to turn him into the object of love hmm, in Navadweep for Madhurya Rasa is hugely problematic in terms of his mood and Vrindavan Das militates against doing that in, in a very strong statement in Chaitanya Bhagavat that yes, he's Krishna, he experiences all moods, but we should worship him in consideration of the mood that he's in. Uh, so it creates a problem on that level, and it creates a problem for the entirety of the whole of Chaitanya Vaishnavism and its, in terms of its dispensation, which was largely done, as we've already mentioned in brief, through the sannyasli of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, so if, for the point being, of course, if a sannyasi has some background of moral um, question, hmm, um, Especially with regard to to uh, the um, uh, uh, intimacy with the opposite sex, then his whole sannyas is 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 is, is, is dismissed and at at, at best. Um, and this is this was the vehicle through which he he sought to distribute widely his uh, his divine dispensation. Um, and so we have no hints of that at all in the Prakat Leela, in the Manifest Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a sannyasi, having any female uh, rendezvous in, 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 in neither in his household life that preceded his uh, taking sannyas. So the idea that he could be the object of not only love, uh, romantic love, but, but paramour, hmm? um, Romantic love is—it's it's very problematic for the whole I, concept of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as presented in Chaitanya Charitamrita, which is the kind of uh, most theologically and philosophically developed idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <coughs> in comparison to the various um, narratives about his life, of which there are a number. Hmm? In recent um, academics, there's a, a scholar who did a work on the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and he coined the phrase in, re- in reference to Chaitanya Charitamrita, the final word, the idea being that the orthodoxy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the orthodox, orthodoxy, orthodoxy, of Chaitanya Vaishnavism was uh, established through the book of, of Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? And different heterodox ideas are dismissed, or directly, or not entertained. That were out and about at the time were not entertained and included in the text. So, um, so it's a, it's a curious statement of uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, and that's the way that I, at 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 um, kind of off the cuff, can th- think about it. Um, our focus and the entire focus of Gaur Lilo, you find it throughout. Those who are 
Gadadhar, uh, the, the rod of of, uh, of Chaitanya Lila, is uh, uh, his um, externally. He's very much a dasya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Everybody, everybody's sentiment is is uh, tempered by dasya bhav. So, so we see it as the as as the way to the various um, rasas. Um, it's an interesting statement. I mean, it's a similar statement is made by Jiva Goswami in, at the end of Gopal Champu, but it's more obvious there. He said, I have spoken about all the different sentiments, so whichever one you're attracted to, then go for that, something like that. Uh, there are basically five sentiments, but there are three centers I want to say, of the Bhagavatam and centers of feeling hmm, that define Krishna, um, the person of Krishna in Bhagavatam. There is a Vatsalya center, there is a Sakya center, Sakya center, and there's a Madhurya Rasa center of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? And this is all coming in the 10th canto. So in the Vatsalya Rasa section of the Dhammadarila, which covers a number of chapters, we come to understand Jashodanandan. Krishna is one of his identities. He is the son of Nanda and Jashoda. It's an identity. Hmm? We come to the Sakyarasa chapters. This is chapters, what, 12, 13, 14, and 15. Hmm? The Agasura and Dinakasura Leelas there showcase the entirety of uh, Sakyarasa, from ordinary Sakyarasa to Sakyarasa, which is which, which is mixed with some dasya, bhav, sankul, rati, uh, and to 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 Sakyarasa mixed with Vatsalya, to keval Sakya, pure Sakyarasa, to the pure Sakyarasa of the Priyanarma that's influenced by Madhurya. All these are showcased there in these chapters. So we have, a, and in that chapter we find a second identity of Krishna. Krishna is a coward boy. Hmm? So it's like you can think, I'm the son of so-and-so, that's my identity, and I'm also a, whatever we are, a coward boy, in Krishna's case. I'm a cowherder, it's my dharma, it's my nature. Hmm? Like you cannot separate the fact that you're the son of so-and-so and and you cannot separate from Krishna that he's the son of Nanda and Yashoda. You cannot separate from Krishna that he's a cowherd boy. These are two identities. And in the third center, the Madhurya Rasa center, which is kind of the center of the centers, is that he is the in, in love with Radha and the gopis. Hmm? His romantic life defines him. His cowherdness defines him. Hmm? His uh, his the sonhood of the Godhead, if you will, defines him. Hmm? So this is what Vrindavan <coughs> is about, and the way there through Dasya Bhakti to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's also a way of speaking about the. Uh, not only is the we have this this uh, balance and interplay. Between Aishvarya or Majesty and Madhurya in Gaur Lila, in, in terms of the welcome, the Sanyas Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his Navadvip Lila, hmm? but also the entirety of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila, which pertains so much to our Sadaka Deha, our practitioner's body, by way of giving examples of how we should conduct ourselves as Sadakas. Hmm? This is also very much um, uh, part of the interplay between Aishvarya and Madhurya. Hmm? I recently, not long ago, there was a fellow visiting our ashram in Audarya for um, a few, uh, a couple weeks or so, and, and, and he brought up a question in the class that you, you're talking about love and intimacy, but then you're like always bowing down to these statues here, you know, like, you know, and... and 
it, you know, it doesn't look real intimate. And when you know you, you close the curtains to make some offering, and there's these indistinguishable sounds: Om Hrim Hrim Klim Krishnaya Idam Naivedyam Namaha, and so forth. What's what? Where's the intimacy? I li- he liked the idea of that Gaudiya Vaishnavism affords access to intimate love and intimacy rather than love in, in, in majesty. Hmm? And we are all attracted to that. That's pretty much uh, kind of the kind of the the hook, you know, that really <laughs> the dessert, that the sweet that Prabhupada said, Oh yeah, you have to give a little when he wrote the Krishna book first, after having said many, many times, first read the first nine cantos, you know, somebody said, well, <laughs> what the hell did you give the Krishna book first, and more or less, what the state? And he said, well, you know, a little little taste. What did he say? Hmm. Um, something like the appetizer or something. What it's, what it's all about, the, the sweetness. So... It's it's also you know philosophically speaking we can discuss with with persons and there are many good arguments and ways of thinking about things in reality and so forth and and uh, I'd like to think that that we can do well um, in such a discussion with any other philosophy but that we may meet every philosophy breaks down at some point and only goes so far and especially one that speaks about something that inherently is said to transcend words and reason and so forth and to use reason and words which is obviously integral to philosophy, you have a limitation. And so when the shortcoming shows up in the discussion on our side, as it will on another side as well, of course, to try to explain... Philosophy is trying to explain reality hmm, with words and, uh, and, and reason. And it's fairly obvious that, it, that it, whatever it is, it, it transcends that... Those, those, those limitations. Therefore, there is philosophy after philosophy after philosophy, isn't it? <laughs> it? It will never end. So that will never end. So it should tell us in itself that, you know, that, that the reality, whatever it is, as I say, transcends words and, and reason. Not that we shouldn't speak about it or reason about it. But my point is that I feel, at least, that when we meet and have such a discussion, if we, if we should, and meet the limitations of our own philosophy... In, our, in terms of conveying our ideas or our experience, and that of another, we have the we have the trump card of of being able to say, well, but still ours is more a more charming idea. Hmm? And I, I think it's very objective. The idea of Krishna Leela is very uh, magical and uh, charming. Yes, all philosophies are sometimes, well, I guess, well, not all of them, but many of them are rather you know utopian and. You know, presenting some utopian kind of picture, and we uh, we're like that too, I guess. But it's very, <laughs> it's very very charming. The idea of Krishna Lila, properly understood. Hmm. So the whole, then I'm saying also this to speak a little bit about the contrast between majesty and sweetness between Aishvarya and Madhurya. While that's there within Gaur Leela, between the Sannyas Leela and the Navadvip Leela, also the entirety of Gaur Leela is somewhat of a, uh, speaks to us about majesty by which, through which, we can enter into Madhurya, because it addresses so much the, and, and by example of the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself and his associates, the way in which we shall best conduct ourselves in our present biological and psychological uh, sense of self hmm, to um, internally experience that sweetness. So the sadhaka deha, the biological and psychological self employed in, in, in Krishna's service, absorbed in Krishna's service. This, how we do that, of course, is different because the sadhaka deha and the siddha deha are both spiritual, one a work in progress, if you will, and the other a result of progress. The, the, the Siddha a result of progress in the Sadaka Deya. And in the Sadaka Deya, we, 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 do, we do bow down, right? We do archan. Hmm? Um, we may transcend, so to speak, archan itself, the, which just always has some measure of Aishvarya, the deities there, we are here. 
um, and we communicate with the deity through certain ritual language and, and procedures, modes of conduct, and, and so on and so forth. But the idea of that, the result of that, should be that, that, that a temple starts to appear in the heart. Somebody asked me just, I think it was yesterday, about the relationship between humanity and the causes of humanity, the plight of humanity that, that, that expresses itself in so many ways, and how, and if there's a place to tender to that, hmm, while also being a, a devotee and serving Krishna. And the Prabhupada cited as saying, we serve a superior, so we serve Krishna, but for jivas who don't have the superior idea of Krishna consciousness, we give mercy to them, jivadoya, by trying to give Krishna consciousness to them. So someone had asked, was there any place for serving humanity, you know, I mean, in humanitarian causes and so on and so forth, hmm? within Krishna consciousness? So I made the point, it's a simple point, that, that, that if you see people, hmm, if you see, if you feed hungry people, if I take food from my garden, I prepare it and I don't offer it on the altar and I give it to people who are hungry hmm, with the idea, which would be a Vaishnava idea, that the, the fire in their belly of hunger, Krishna has identified himself with this fire. That's so central to us. Isn't it? If, you're, if, you're, if your fire of digestion isn't working, huh, it's a problem. The whole body is... I'm suffering a little bit from that, isn't working, hmm? right? <laughs> so Krishna has said in the Gita, I am the fire in the belly of hungry people. Hmm? So if you, if you take food and you offer it to hungry people, thinking as a Vaishnava would, that I'm feeding Krishna. Hmm? He's, he's the fire in, in the belly, the fire of digestion, uh, what is the difference between this and offering food on the altar? The difference is only a, a, the, the, the measure of one's understanding of the universality of one's deity. Hmm? And when we, when we understand fully the universality of the deity, then the question comes, that, that the idea comes, I believe, that serving God at the cost of serving humanity is to not fully understand God. And serving humanity, serving God, at the, well, serving God at the cost of not serving humanity is to not understand God, and serving humanity at the cost of serving God is to not understand humanity in its in, in entirety. Hmm? This is a more of a, you know, uttama idea, hmm? feeling, experience that in order to arrive at, we may have to make distinctions between serving humanity and serving God, and if we have an altar and we do like this, and, and there's some measure of majesty hmm, that is part of, the, of what's involved in, 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 in engaging our sadhaka deya, which, if we do, then it, it, it does create or open, if you will, a, a temple... In, in the heart hmm? and, and then the vision that, 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 that the God is dwelling in the heart of, of everyone and so on and so forth <coughs> um, and, um, but still even in moving away directly from, from Archon into, into Nam Bhajan an internal meditative like that, all that intimacy with the God, it is all taking place internally, even externally. The Baba, the Sannyasi, and so forth will, for the most part, conduct himself or herself with some measure of majesty before the deity. Obviously, there are some examples where that's transcended and so forth, and great devotees talk with deities in ways that, 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 that we wouldn't because the deity's not yet talking back to us in, in those ways. But, but, um, but the entirety, my point is, of the Gorlila, in one sense, is a an an example of and calls upon us to 
uh, approach the Godhead with a measure of majesty in pursuit of um, intimacy. Hmm? So with the sadhaka deya, we don't conduct ourselves like like gopis or 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 gopas, but like sadhakas, as, as we find in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lila, which is there. Everyone's a dasya. Hmm? Everyone's a Vaishnava devotee. Hmm? And we find it also in Vrindavan itself. Hmm? I'm kind of drifting a little bit into the discussion to come, I think, but but there in Vrindavan we find what that everybody is a very kind of go-to-church-on-Sunday type of Vaishnava. Hmm? In the house of Nanda Maharaj, then the, the deity is, uh, is the Narasimha Shalagram, and they worship him. And they do Artik, and as I often say, they, they're worshiping an Artik, but they're just like us. Their mind is somewhere else. Hmm. Of course, it's on Krishna, so that's okay. That's that we can. That's a good idea. <laughs> um, so the two they they are they're they're intertwined, so to speak. The whole Bhagavatam is a walking of a tightrope, if you will, between Madhurya and Aishvarya. Madhurya and Aishvarya. Krishna is is like us, human-like, but the word like is is pretty big part of the of the description. Human-like. Hmm? I always liked those paintings of Krishna from earlier times. Uh, I had a discussion with an artist of modern times, and he said, well, they painted like that because they didn't know how to paint like we do today. With you know, They weren't as accomplished in painting. I said, that, that may be true, but also... They they're not quite human. They kind of look human, but they're a little different, and that's also a way of saying this is human-like. But uh, <coughs> but the like is a big big part of the uh, the, the description. Hmm? <laughs> so um, so at any rate, yes. In in Abhidweep, uh, in Abhidweep we can say all the all the rasas are possible. Hmm? to be attained and experienced there. It's not often talked about in this way, but it is, I think, philosophically arguable that one can, uh, in pursuit of the Vrindavan Bhakti, um, focus oneself entirely on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, uh, worship and, 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 and method of worship, Namsan, Kirtan, and actually enter into Navadweep. Hmm? And from there... Hmm? In the house of Shivastav, or get your your visa for entering into into Krishna Lila. Hmm? Often it's thought that in the Sadaka day, then the, the culture of the the identity in the Brajya Lila will be cultivated internally and so forth. And this is the standard kind of procedure. All things, of course, in time and uh, in in consideration of. The eligibility of the of the sadhak of the practitioner, <coughs> but one could make an argument for just entering, just cultivating dasya bhav. As some people ask, well, you know, what is my rasa and so forth? We can answer dasya dasya rasa for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is your deity. This is Chaitanya Vaishnavism. Just pursue that. Everything will come from that. And I think there's good reasoning, theological, philosophical reasoning. To support that idea, no confusion there. Now you have your siddhadeha, your sadhakadeha, your perfected sadhakadeha, your adasya of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then all that, that means hmm, to put that into place, and then the the kind of extra of Krishna Lila benefits, so to speak, the fringe we call Krishna Lila the fringe benefits of Gaur Lila, properly understood. <laughs> After all, it you know it itself is the Krishna Lila was was limited and a and a failure um, in terms of Krishna's attempt to fully experience rasa. He had to come to Gaur Lila hmm, to get that full experience. It wasn't fully available to him in Krishna Lila. So the Gaur Lila is arguably in this way, and this is really Chaitanya Vaishnavism, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Gaur Lila is richer even. Brigger asked me once before here in Poland, you know, it seems like the Chaitanya Lila is kind of like a little boring in comparison to Krishna Lila. There's all these intrigues and secret messages and sign language and and so forth, uh, 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 talking about 
secret meetings and, 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 and the language is very layered, you know, and your Leela Grantas of the Goswamis full of so many um, <coughs> inner, inner um, meanings about the, the, the romantic uh, nature of Krishna and, and his relationship with Radha and so on and so forth. But Gaur Leela by comparison seems rather static, uh, but I didn't agree with that uh, <laughs> assessment, and uh, and I answered it in this way, that if you could imagine that, just like it is said, once chanting, this will happen, once seeing the deity, that will happen. I think Rupa Goswami mentions a number of things in, in, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where he gives examples for different angas or limbs of bhakti, and once to see the, to follow the Ratha Yatra card or something as a limb of of Vaidhi Bhakti, and, and so he gives an example of somebody who did it and went to Bhakuntha or something like that, just once. And I think he makes the point that this may not happen every time, but it, each one has the power to do this, and so I set an example of that has the inherent power to do that. It may not happen to everyone at all times, and, but Gorlila is something like, it happens to everyone at all times, one time doing it, something like that. So it's a very... Um, it's very exciting, actually. And, of course, inside of it, Krishna Leela is found. Then you won't find it elsewhere. Not the Krishna Leela that we are talking about. The Krishna Leela that we talk about, there are other forms, expressions of Krishna Leela, even in Goloka. The married Leelas, Swakya Leelas of Radha and Krishna, for example, that the Nimbarkis seem to be very interested in, the Nimbarka Sampradaya. Um, this is different than what we are talking about. Hmm? Um, um, so what, what, what Chaitanya Vaishnavism, that section of Golok that, that it is focused on, that can only be accessed through Chaitanya Vaishnavism and possibly some, by extension, through the blessing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Balabha's influence. Hmm? Uh, some parts. Hmm? So a very special thing, and if you like it, then fine. <laughs> if not, there are other many things out there to, to look for. Free to choose, hmm? free thinking is allowed in the context of teaching how to become free from thought and its limitations. That has to be considered. That's part of our very important part of our world view. So, those are some thoughts on that. I have to look that verse up though, and see if I get any more more light from that. Do you have it there? Did you go and get it? Let's hear. I was thinking, uh, perhaps, with respect to Madhuryarati, that his, te- his teasing the girls on the road or something. Or Lakshmi Vishnupriya. Lakshmi Vishnupriya. It is Pancha Prabhande Pancha Rasera Charita Samkshepe Kailun Vati Na Kailun Vistrita. After the chapters of the preface, the first 12 chapters, I've described five transcendental mellows in five chapters. I've described them very briefly rather than expansively. Very briefly, <laughs> I would say. Yes, very briefly. Hmm. Hmm. It could be an argument for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Rasaraj, I suppose. We can try to make some argument out of that. Uh, Rasaraj Gore, as they say. But... Um, but certainly not Parkia. If you want to look at it like that, there's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his mother, there's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with Lakshmi and, and uh, Vishnupriya and Devis, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with his, his friends, and, uh, and everybody's a servant. So I, su- I suppose it's, hmm. it's clear that our access point and possibility there lies in in Dasyabhav. And it's such a nice thing. I mean, it really is. Uh, to be, I think, to be, to truly understand and develop a serving ego is, is to really become a very popular person. And everybody wants to be liked <laughs> and to fit in, so to speak. And as a properly understood, it, it really does, it makes for a very, very attractive person. I, I do not see how properly, Gaudi Vaishnavism, properly understood and applied, could in any way not make someone a very uh, desirable and uh, balanced, uh, materially speaking, 
person. I really do believe that material well-being follows spiritual well-being, but it's not that easy to understand spirituality and, and even the path. That's why we have these meetings and lectures and so on and so forth. And what we see over the decades since, for example, Prabhupada brought Gaudiya Vaishnavism to the Western world, there's lots and lots of misunderstanding about what it is. What is bhakti? Someone just the other day, one of my own disciples on one of our forums said, what I want to know is what this bhakti is going to do for me and what other people think here on this forum. What is it going to do for you? What do you want to get out of this? And I'm thinking, well, we might want to go back to you know, class here and talk about what is, what is bhakti. I mean, it, it, it is about you, certainly, but it also is about what you are. And so, welcome. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it will do much for you, no doubt, but that way of thinking about it is, is, is very, um, it, um, it portrays kind of a misunderstanding. Hmm? So, what else? Any other thoughts tonight? Oh, in case the question, questions come, we have got a microphone for you if you have a question. A microphone for everybody. Just now we pass it around. And it's not just me talking here. So what is the time now? Time for supper. Right. Hmm? and then supper. Here Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has supper. This is a very different idea. <laughs> Very Polish idea. So right, we stop, we have Artik and Mahaprasadam, and then we meet again in the morning. What time is the class in the morning? Karnam, what time is the class in the morning? 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock. Okay. So you see, go Nitananda Ki Jai, go with Bhaktivinda Ki Jai, go with Premanandi. Jai.